Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Hello and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Gina Galavis, and I'm delighted to be a guest host today. I'm pinch hitting for Ron Aaron, who's on special assignment. So we'll have to ask him about that when he returns. By the way, full disclosure, Ron and I are married. So I've been listening to Docs in a Pod for a long time now. So let's see if I can get this to Ron's uh, you know, liking. So Docs in a Pod comes to you every week with a focus on health and wellness for seniors and for others. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. Our co-host today is Dr. Audrey Baria. Dr. Baria, as you know, is an associate medical director for WellMed Medical Management. She's currently provider at WellMed at the Ninth Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. She earned her medical degree from Ross University of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica. She completed her residency and OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. She's board certified in family medicine, and when she's not caring for her patients, she enjoys spending time with her family, traveling, photography. You can you can't see this, but I can see it uh, behind her. She's got her photographs on her wall, and she also makes her home in Saint Petersburg. Thanks for being here today, Doctor Baria. This will be fun. It's it's the it's the I'm women excited, taking over Gina. today, right? That's correct, Doctor okay. Castillo. You're in for a treat today. Yes, he sure is. And so our focus today is identifying, diagnosing, and treating testicular cancer, which is interesting because, of course, I have a Ron, but I also have two nine-year-old twin sons. So this will be very educational for me. I mean, I know they're they're getting old, they're getting older each year, so this will be a learning experience for me. So Dr. Steele is also from WellMed at Eastfield in Mesquite, Texas, in North Texas. He earned his medical degree from the Universidad. Americana, located in Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic. He completed his residency at St. Barnabas Hospital, located in the Bronx, New York. He is board certified in internal medicine. Dr. Castillo, thank you for being here today. So I guess for me, this is testicular cancer 101. And I guess for a lot of folks too, uh, I, I guess you really don't start learning about it until you're faced with it. Yeah, it's um, it's actually one of the uh, lesser common uh, malignancies overall, um, but it's actually so it accounts for about one percent of malignancies, one to two percent of malignancies in the U.S. and globally. Um, but it's actually the most common uh, cancer, the most common solid tumor in men between the ages of twenty and forty, and it's the most common cancer in. Uh, in uh, adolescence between the ages of 15 and 19, leukemia being the first. So it, in, in men, uh, it's a very common, it's, it's literally one in two, um, uh, you know, causes of cancer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is there a, a time, I guess when you're young and you're going to your pediatrician or your doctor for your checkups, that's something that is, is checked for, I guess. It is, uh, it is. Uh, especially beginning at the ages of 15, um, usually uh, what is recommended actually is a monthly uh, self-assessment where the patient um, palpates um, both right and left testicle. But it's 
one of the reasons why, for example, uh, you know, you go to a pediatrician, uh, especially at that young age, and part of the physical may include palpation, uh, manual examination of both testicles to look for to look for masses, to look for lumps um, in these patients. So anything well, hard or just just that's not uncommon or that's not common, I guess. Would it hurt? Will it hurt a patient? Not necessarily. Um, usually, so usually the way that testicular cancer presents, it's a, a unilateral mass, meaning one testicle, typically not both, one testicle, you'll find, you know, the patient will incidentally, right, they were just happen to be showering and they'll, they'll palpate one little lump, hard little lump. Um, usually many literature describes it feeling like a stone or a rock. Um, and they'll palpate it on one testicle and it'll be painless, um, which is common with many with many cancers, right? Many times the, the mass is uh, silent, it's painless. And that will trigger um, them going to the physician and, and getting a more in-depth evaluation. Dr. Barry, you were gonna say something? Oh, well, I was gonna say that when I was um, practicing family medicine and pediatrics was part of the purview of what I was practicing. That was definitely, as Dr. Castillo was saying, that it was part of the pediatric exam in males to do the testicular exam. Okay. And let me just interrupt here. For those of you who may have just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Gina Galaviz, pinch hitting for Ron Aaron today. And with me is Dr. Audrey Baria, our co-host and our special guest, Dr. Roman Castillo. So, I mean, how do you bring it up if you uh, if it's not always checked for each of your your appointments? How do you bring it up, or is it something that parents should still get involved around the age of fifteen? Well, um, I had one uh, professor in medical school who said who who was asked a similar question: How do you bring this up? And he just said, "You simply bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you simply say it. Uh, you know, especially if you're a parent." Uh, you say, okay, uh, by the way, once a month, you have to, when you're in the shower, it's the most natural place to do this, right? Right. Um, when you're in the shower once a month uh, with your hands, especially with the tips of your fingers, you start palpating each testicle. Um, and if you feel a lump, something hard, a little ball somewhere, something that doesn't feel right, you got to let me know as a parent or of course then i'm an intern so i i my specialty is adults so uh my my approach is uh a little bit more uh you know can be a little bit more straightforward so i just say you know once a month you have to palpate um and if you feel something then you got to let me know uh but the best approach is simply uh in you know from is from my experience simply to 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 be upfront and and honest and say hey this is part of especially when you're you know when you start having these young adults you know it's part mm-hmm. of young adulthood um to to have these manual self checks every one month um and uh and yeah and explain why right what's the repercussions of that um and as and basically implementing as part of your uh your hygiene routine your health routine uh part of even your your fitness right um that's that's part of it 
and as adults is you know you're doing well in your teen years and then one day you're 30 years old or 40 or 50 and you find one has it always been there or is it maybe you weren't as diligent as you should have been i mean it depends per patient right uh it depends you know how how uh, it can even depend on how in-depth a patient's, you know, hygiene is really. Um, but uh, but it could have been there, you know, it could have been there for weeks, could have been there for months. Um, so that's really important. That's why we really stress the 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 monthly uh, the, the the monthly routine. It's once a month. It's not once a week. It's once a month. And many times it's discovered incidentally. And even the patient isn't just isn't checking. The problem is that the male patient will, you know, be showering, be, uh, you know, washing himself and and, and conducting his hygienic, uh, you know, routine. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to the genital area, it'll, you know, he will feel it. Um, and then that will trigger, that will trigger that. The great thing about, uh, well, not the great thing, because there's nothing good about cancer, right? But right. Um, the, 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 the more positive thing about cancer is that this is one of the most manageable cancers that exists. And it's one of the cancers that has the absolute, uh, best rates of, 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 of cure, uh, and of remission. So we're talking, you know, every year you'll get anywhere between eight to 10,000 cases diagnosed every year. Um, the cure rate is better than 95%. It's greater than 95%. And to just put the, put things into perspective, the chance of someone dying from testicular cancer is about one in 5,000. Um, so uh, that is something that we have going for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it is it is one of the cancers that has the best uh, long-term prognosis. You know, at any given point in the United States, we'll have 20,000 men being treated and about wow. 200,000 cured, meaning that there is no evidence of active disease. Um, so, but of course, like all malignancy, you know, early detection is key. Early detection mm-hmm. is key. Early detection will always lead to better outcomes. How do you treat it? Malignancy. <laughs> So typically the most common treatment, believe it or not, is actually the diagnosis. Mm. So the way that we diagnose it is by is the way that we treat it. So it's called a procedure called an orchiectomy. So it's a excision or removal of the testicle. So a patient has a lump, they come in, they get an ultrasound. There's a mass, there's a solid mass on ultrasound. We may do blood tests or certain blood tests that we may order which there's certain markers that may be a little bit elevated. Hmm. Um, and then once we decide that there is a mass that needs to be excised, then we go ahead and do an orchiectomy, which is literally the the, the entire surgical removal, the surgical removal of, of the entire testicle. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's how we diagnose it. And that's how we treat it. We don't do biopsies on or needle biopsies, I should say, right? We remove the whole uh-huh. tissue, the whole, the whole organ, and then we proceed to histologic examination. Uh, but we don't do needle biopsies, excuse me, because of the risk of, of spread, right? So, right. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how we treat it. Now, um, depending on the type of cancer, um, then, then the treatment may change. <laughs> excuse me. Sure. Uh, 
There are, um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to do other imaging tests uh, to see if there's a spread, uh, if it's spread anywhere. And typically, if that happens, then the patient would be a candidate for like chemo therapy or radiotherapy. Um, but um, these cancers are uh, exquisitely sensitive. We like to use the term in medicine to chemotherapy. They respond extremely well to chemotherapy if that is in fact necessary. And the cure rates are very high. But many times what we'll do is the most common modality will be, you know, you'll have an orchiectomy and then the patient will go for serial blood tests and it's predictable. These blood markers like alpha fetoprotein, beta HCG, these will fall over time predictably. They should, right? And then if they fail to do so, then we consider whether the patient has residual disease or whether the patient has metastatic disease, et cetera, et cetera. Usually for the first year, the patient needs follow-up about every two to three months. Okay. Dr. Um, Castillo, we're going to talk more on that. We're going to take a short break. More on testicular cancer diagnosis and treatment in just a moment. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. Thanks so much for listening to us on Docs in a Pod. As a reminder, you can hear all of our programs wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gina Galavis, filling in for Ron Aaron, who is on special assignment. I'm going to giggle on that special assignment. With me is our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, and our guest, Dr. Roman Castillo. Our focus today is on identifying, diagnosing, and treating testicular cancer. Dr. Baria, you were going to tee a question off. Uh, yes, Dr. Castillo, do you find that you see a lot of cases in your practice? No, I, 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 I don't, I don't think that I, you know, uh, um, see too many, uh, I think, no, not many at all. And I think it's consistent with the epidemiological data. Um, but, uh, because of the low prevalence of the low prevalence, uh, also the age bracket that I typically manage. So I usually, you know, my specialty, I, I, I deal with complex older patients who have, you know, 60, yeah. 70, 80 years of age. Yeah. Um, and so they're typically outside of that uh, yeah. classic bracket in which it's, it's most prevalent. Do you treat it in older patients differently than younger patients or are not as older patients? Typically it's the same type of treatment. It's orchiectomy. You know, you remove the testicle and then you follow up the blood test, uh, you know, every, uh, you know, and then there's a whole, almost like histogram, there's a whole uh, chart, right? And, you know, you, the patient is supposed to go in a certain direction. 
mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the blood test. But it's typically the same the same treatment. If you're diagnosed with testicular cancer, is prostate something that you have to be worried about as well, or just cancer in gen in general? Well, uh, the it, it could be because patients with testicular cancer have a twofold increased risk of solid tumors compared to the rest of the population. I didn't and know that. that. Yeah. So, um, and it's a, a whole of other complications as well that they're at risk for infertility, metabolic syndrome, um, cardiovascular disease, as a matter of fact. So it's not just solid tumors. So is so what do you suggest to, to patients that you're seeing if they're diagnosed with testicular cancer? Well, uh, the first thing you tell them even before they have testicular cancer is, you know, you should you should check once a month. Um, if you find a lump, you come in, we do an ultrasound. Uh, if you have your, uh, if, you know, it's confirmed or you go for an orchiectomy and then meaning the removal of the testicle and it is in fact the case that you do have uh, testicular cancer. Um, obviously, these patients should be followed up with a urologist, right, with experience in testicular cancers, mm -hmm. um, hematology, oncology evaluation as well. Um, but then these patients should be following up their appointments every two to three months, especially in that crucial, crucial first year. Um, and then uh, they should, um, you know, obviously follow the 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 you know the, the guidelines set forward by by physicians. And then just realize that the stats are in their favor, right? I mean, that plays an enormous part. I mean, once you're diagnosed with this, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. you've been hit with the C word, and 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 it's it's something that will terrify anyone. Understand? Right. Um, but uh, the odds are in your favor, right? Obviously, you, you can't slack off. You have to follow up with your appointments. You have to keep surveillance, you have to keep checking yourself, all of these things. Um, but the odds are in your favor, you know, and that could play an enormous part in the patient's mindset. And mindset is incredibly important in curation rates and in outcomes. So it is important to tell patients to stress the severity. This is what happened. These are the consequences. This is what we need to do. This is what could happen. But you also have to give them real hope and the, the the stats are very hopeful you have to also plant the positive part and the positive part is greater than 95 percent cure rate and uh you know about a one in five thousand chance of dying so those are significant those are significant um and then with each successive blood draw when you see that the alpha fetoprotein when you see that those tumor markers are coming down precipitously uh -huh. and predictably you know, you basically just take it, sit back and know that you're probably going to be okay. You're Cancer be okay. is a very bad, it's a terrible diagnosis, right? Uh, you know, no you one know, can deny that. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say urology is most like may actually recommend that the patient freeze their sperm or if they're childbearing age and they want, uh, if they want to have kids, basically. Yeah, that's a very uh, good that, point. Um, I'm glad you, you brought that up, doctor, because, you know, you're, it's typically a malignancy of, of, of the young, 
of young yeah. men. So, so this is something that is uh, that is many times done. And that's why, you know, expert care um, in this is so important. It, it's a urologist, specifically a urologist with with experience in testicular cancer, which shouldn't be hard to find. I mean, you know, right. Uh, and so, as Dr. Castillo said, early detection is the key here. Is key. Well, so, how about removal and recovery? Is it is it a, a fast and easy recovery? A lot of patients are are the fear of pain and oh, what's this going to do to me? Yes, I mean, like any surgical procedure, it carries a risk. Uh, you know, you're going into an area that has high vascularity, meaning a lot of blood vessels, and also where the nervous the innervation, right, is very high. So you're dealing with, you know, a lot of different nerves in the area, blood vessels. Um, so that carries with it a certain risk, risk of infection with any surgical intervention. Um, but the, you know, typically men can reproduce after. You don't need two testicles. Technically, it's like a kidney. You only need one to mm -hmm. be able to bear children. Um, although it is a complication and, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, a, it, it, they tend to do very well. I mean, patients tend to do very well after surgical intervention. There could be some pain, of course, um, which is mitigated, you know, in the short term with, with pain medication. Um, but, uh, overall, you know, patients do pretty well. But as you both mentioned, early detection, prevention, healthy lifestyle, Absolutely. Huge, yeah. huge difference. Absolutely. It's yeah. big. And and that's the case with any type of malignancy, right? Obviously, when we, you know, you can look at cancers pretty much across the board when, you know, whether it's detected through a screening test or incidentally, you detect it at an early stage, patients typically do almost invariably do better. Do patients ask, why me? Why is this? Well, why me? Why not me? But, you know, is there a family history? Is that why? I have it. It could be. I mean, the best known, uh, the best known risk factor for for testicular cancer is something called cryptorchidism, which is basically an undescended testicle. So you know the the formation of the of the of the sexual organs of the gonads, right? They they start in the abdomen actually, oh. and then as the baby progresses, it migrates down into the scrotal sac. Um, and sometimes what happens is that that testicle hasn't descended. It hasn't descended in the child. We're talking newborns, okay? Mm -hmm. Hasn't descended. And in fact, this is a very important pediatric, early pediatric intervention that pediatricians do all the time. And you know, neonatologists, they check to see if mm. there's an empty scrotal sac um, because if there is, that testicle has to be descended surgically because that undescended testicle is actually a risk factor for testicular cancer, uh, later on in life. So, um, that's, that's actually pretty good to, to, to find, you know, that's, that would probably, that it definitely falls under, you know, the, the domain of doing a, a good clinical history and see if perhaps, yeah this was, uh, uh, you know, in the patient's history when they were, when they were a young child, 
Um, and if it was, then obviously surveillance is going to be even more and more intense. And I'm, I, I would assume the pediatrician would let you know. I don't remember her ever, you know, saying why she was doing that, but uh, I'm glad she did. In our young, in our young sons when they were little. So early detection. Please listen to your doctor. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't go to Doctor Google. Go see your doctor if you're experiencing any of these symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. You see a symptom, tell your doctor. You feel something, feel a lump, tell your doctor. And don't, no denial, because I guess the longer you wait, you know, your recovery will be just that much more difficult. I guess it's hard to really pound that into your patient's head that you've got to come for your yearly visits. I know Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of not wanting to do this a lot, but, uh, but it is important. One, we have like 10 seconds. How would you wrap it up, Dr. Castillo? Uh, I would wrap it up with check yourself once a month, invariably always once a month, once a month. When in doubt, ask your doctor. If you feel something, ask your doctor. Don't hesitate um, and uh, don't delay. Don't delay, never delay. Thank you, Dr. Castillo. And a special thanks to our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. I'm Gina Galavis, wife of Ron Aaron. He'll be back next week. And you can hear all of our programs whenever you get our podcasts and your podcasts. We'll talk to you soon on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.